you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy brothers and sisters. You're with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I want to welcome you to this episode. So glad you're here with us today. I pray that these episodes have been a blessing to you and your family and your walk with God. Uh, today, um, been thinking through some things and how I can continue to uh, minister the Word of God that would be a blessing to you. Um, and so I decided to cover the topic, Whence Cometh Our Help? Whence Cometh Our Help? And I got to let you know from the onset of this message, uh, that has a powerful personal significance uh, to me and I'm going to get uh, to that through this message and so brothers and sisters obviously you know we live in a fallen world you know there's sin there's darkness there's demons right there's there's a lot of you know trial tribulation problems you know situations um, you know, and when you look at it, I mean, when you measure it all up, it, you know, there's a lot of toil, there's a, there's a lot of heartbreak, there's a lot of misery, there's a lot of pain, right? And so one thing becomes evidently clear that as a race, as a, as the human race that has fallen, we desperately need help. And so the question then becomes, well, where do we go for help? Like where where do we turn to like what's the most reliable source of the real help we truly need because you know according to our sinful nature when it cries out for help you know it it's it's craving you know to feed our addictions right uh to somehow you know, provide a coping mechanism to deal with the hurts and disappointments and the pain and sorrow of life, you know. So, you know, our souls, you know, apart from Christ, I mean, they're battered, they're tormented, right? And and we, we cry out for help, right? But typically we go to all the wrong sources and all the wrong places to try to find that help that can relieve us, right? and somehow enable us to cope, you know, with the struggle that we go through in life. And unfortunately, you know, that kind of help, right? You know, like we're, we're, we're hurting. So, you know, we turn to alcohol, we turn to drugs, uh, we turn to so many things, right? And, and we crave it, we need it, you know, like, like this is our help, right? Well, does it really help us? I mean, to the point that we're walking in freedom and liberty, that we're walking in health and, you know, in soundness, or is this help enabling us 
down the road to perdition and to hell, right? And so just because we need help and we cry out for help in this fallen world, it doesn't mean we're getting the necessary and needed help that we truly need uh, to set us free, right? And so I think I might have shared this before. I, I'm not sure. We're, we've got a few podcasts up in our belt, but, you know, th there's a testimony that kinds of, kind of brings out what I'm trying to communicate here, like for whence cometh our help. So, you know, we were uh, ministering at a Planned Parenthood in Houston, Texas, and, you know, just bringing the gospel of the kingdom right to the gates of hell. And uh, we had an office across the street, you know, uh, from this place of ministry. And uh, I was in my office and a co-laborer, a friend of mine named Tom, uh, brought in this couple and they came you know, to our office needing help, right? That's that's why they came to our office. They were sleeping in a car, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, but really he was the pimp and she was the prostitute and they were prostituting her out uh, to keep up with their drug habits. And it was just, they were in a deplorable state i mean you, you, you know they had to look up to see bottom so when they come in yeah boy you need some help right so when they came walking in and they came walking in actually with that request we need help and i said well uh, we gotta go to the source of of all help which is almighty god well as soon as i invoked the Lord into the conversation for the real help they needed. Well, they just chafed against that. They just balked against that. You know, hey, you know, we came in here for help, like you know, food or drink or you know, lodging. We didn't. We don't want this religious mumbo jumbo. Well, like I'm sorry if you really want help, help that actually can you know, meet your need, all right, and set you free and put you on a different path for your life, we can't avoid Almighty God. He is the source of all true help. Well, obviously, we start off on the wrong foot. There was already a conflict um, where they just want their physical needs to be met, but didn't want to deal with the source of their need is that spiritually and morally you know they were absolutely bankrupt they were dead in their trespasses and sins right and they needed god to intervene to bring the true help that they needed well we're kind of going back and forth on that and um and i began to notice with this young lady that she had a um she had poison in her system she um at, at her elbow joint there was a sack of pus of poison I, I guess she was doing needles and it got infected and i could literally see from that sack like a red line 
going from that towards her heart. And I'm thinking, this woman is about to die. All right, she's, she's, she's not only dead in her trespasses and sins, she is about to die in the split hell wide open, right? And so obviously there's a more a desperation in me to try to reach this couple, to let them know the absolute danger that they are in. Um, and uh, so I said, okay, uh, would you at least, I, I notice you have this situation, you know, with your arm, uh, it looks like you've been poisoned. Would you at least allow me to pray for you? And they conceded to that. They actually kind of humbled themselves a bit and allowed Tom and I uh, to pray for them. And we literally, we got on our knees and they got on the knees with us, right? So they go from this like anti-Christ, you know, we don't want God, we, we hate him, you know, kind of thing. And we, we came here for food, you know, that kind of a deal, right? And they actually take a posture of humility. They, they kneel with us before God. And um, remember laying hands on her and simply saying, Lord, um, you know, you said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, Father, I'm doing my part. And I'm asking you, Lord, to follow through and that this lady would be healed and recover uh, from this dangerous poison that's in her system. And so, you know, we get done praying and uh, we did give them some practical help and need, uh, you know, the need that they had. And we, we left, you know, that day uh, from the office, went home came back the next day and lo and behold there's this young lady in our office now i gotta tell you brothers and sisters i don't know if you've ever witnessed the holy spirit transform a soul before your eyes where their countenance is radically changed like they are bound they're in darkness they're being deceived they're being led astray you know, they're addicted, and then the Holy Spirit just comes and regenerates and transform their soul. Well, that's exactly what I, what I ran into. So I come in, this lady is beaming. I mean, like she is shining, and I'm going, girl, what in the world happened? She goes, I'll tell you what happened. After you prayed for me, I stayed in the office with Tom, and about an hour later, this warmth starts to cover my body, and I begin to shake, and then all of a sudden, that sack of pus that was full of poison, it literally fell to the ground, it splattered on the ground, and I watched that red line to my heart totally disappear. And so obviously God miraculously healed this prostitute. Well, she is overwhelmed, like she is overcome with joy unspeakable that's full of glory. And she literally runs out of our office goes to all her pimp, prostitute, druggy friends, 
And she is just weeping and sobbing and said, look what the Lord Jesus did for me. And that very evening, she invited five of the prostitutes to go to our church and God gloriously saved them. So from whence cometh our help, right? Like, you know, the help that they were looking to before that was more drugs, you know, and because the drugs have taken them down, you know, to this place of desperation, brothers and sisters, hold on. I, I'm in a bad location with the air conditioning right now. I'm going to turn this off. Please hold on just for a minute. You will not believe... Uh, how I am doing this. I am in a very tight quarter and I forgot to turn the air conditioning off. So I'm sorry for that background noise. Please forgive me. Um, just adjusting to our new accommodations here as we're, we are sacrificing to start this church. I can just tell you that. Uh, but anyway, you, you get the point, right, that, that before they came into the office, they were craving the help of drugs, and, and when the drugs destroyed their life, they were looking for help, you know, just to meet their basic needs in life. But through this miraculous intervention from God, they got the help they truly needed. And uh, the rest of this powerful testimony is I ended up marrying Tom and this young lady, and it was a glorious, glorious uh, union. And so anyway, you know, we obviously, in fallen humanity, we, we are a needy people, right? We, 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 need, we need help, right? And, and as you go through the scriptures, Interesting, even before the fall, God knew his first man, Adam, needed help. Now, this is, you know, this is paradise, right? This is like everything God created is, is good. It's awesome. You know, Adam is walking in fellowship with his maker. There's no separation, right? There's no isolation. There's no alienation, right? They got this unbroken communion right but even in paradise even with everything is well and good god takes note that adam still needs some help and so the scripture says and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make a helper comparable to him. Now, interestingly enough, God calls, obviously, the woman Eve, right? The mother of us all. But when he talks about her being a helper, uh, the Hebrew word is ezer ken-ado. And I'm probably butchering that last part. But it's K-E-N. E-G-D-O, Ezer Ken Ado. So, you know, the English trying to translate that, you know, they come up with words like helper, 
companion or help meet but probably the most accurate is sustainer beside him sustainer beside him this this helper right and so this word ezer um, is throughout the scriptures uh, mainly uh, in the old testament and uh, it's probably there over 20 times okay and in every instance from there on out when you hear the word ezer this this helper uh it's ascribed to god himself now the interesting thing when it comes to this word helper or help it's not just hey you know can i borrow some eggs you know i'm out of eggs can i you know go to your neighbor can i borrow some eggs i need some help here right no no the, the, this kind of help is is when we are in serious desperation right so when we make we, we say the lord is our helper it's in the context you know that we are in desperate need for help okay and i was i was just sharing this i i met an an elder from another church here in melbourne he, he kind of was checking me out and he he needed some fellowship and some prayer and you know um and anyway we were discussing some things you know and i just shared with him you know i've heard thousands and thousands and thousands of testimony of you know men and women and children coming to christ and i never heard one that says you know what my life was so awesome i was doing so well i just thought hey i should humble myself and repent and submit to the lordship of jesus christ i've never heard a testimony like that most all the testimonies i heard was i'm desperate I'm dying. My world is falling apart. It's imploding. I can't do this anymore. I'm ready to take my life. Right? And they cry out to God. And what? He helps them. He saves them. And so the Lord is our Ezer. He is our helper. Right? And, and again, it's, it's in context with desperation. Uh, you know, I remembered this, uh, this quote it was from the poet Henry David Thoreau and he has this famous quote right the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation right so here's this poet knows like the the fallback template in in mankind's soul is this desperation but man in his pride, you know, tries to keep it quiet, right? We don't want to let people know our weaknesses. Like, you know, we don't want to let the people know our struggles, right? Because we're men, right? And we're going to man up, right? But it leads to this quiet desperation. And so we just kind of learn to stuff it down, you know, and... Uh, and just swallow it right and kind of keep it hidden meanwhile it's just cleaning our clock right it's like spiritual and moral cancer just eating us from the inside out right 
and uh, and then when you you have this quiet desperation, right, that you're going through um, when you're lost without Christ, like where do you go? You know, where do you turn to? Right, and uh, most of us don't know where to go, and so we're just left right living lives of quiet desperation. But the psalmist tells us this, right? And 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 this is where you know we gotta humble ourselves, right? This is where we gotta set aside our pride and our stinking thinking. Because, brothers and sisters, there truly is a source of reliable help. And so the psalmist declares this. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Right? So there is a place to go. There is a place to turn that can provide reliable help for men, women, and children. And throughout the Old Testament, you know, the, this, uh, this helper, the Lord is our helper, the Azer, right? It's throughout Scripture. Here's just, here's just a few of them, right? So this is in Deuteronomy 33, 26, and 29. There was no one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides on the heavens, listen, to help you. Blessed are you, O Israel. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord? He is your shield and helper, and get this, your glorious sword, right? The glorious sword. What comes out of the mouth of the Lord, right? This sword, right? Amen. And when and when uh, Jesus is being tested of the devil in the wilderness what's coming out of his mouth it is written that sword of the lord right and that sword is your shield and it's your helper and then in psalm 21 and 2 it says may the lord answer you when you are in distress right there's that desperation there's that distress may the name of the god of jacob protect you may he send you help and as we go through the scriptures, it is clear how much help the Lord has sent us, particularly through the person of Jesus Christ and the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Psalm 33, 20 says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So he provides solace, he provides aid, and he is our protector and our defender. And so it goes on to say, O house of Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. And this is why the Bible tells us vain is the help of men, right? And, and I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, there is nowhere in the scripture God tells us to put our faith and trust in men. I mean, we're, we're human. We got a feet of clay. 
right? We may mean well, but let's face it, we, we fail each other, right? We disappoint each other. We say that we're going to be there, you know, for each other, but life happens, other things happen, you know, and, and, and we don't follow through. We don't keep our word. And so there's nowhere that God says, put your faith and trust in any man. And that includes your spouse or your children. We're to put our faith and trust in God because he is morally and spiritually perfect. We are not. And that means we will fail. But the love of God never fails. We can trust in him. We can put our faith. Now, when it comes to men, we're called to love them, but we ain't called to trust them. All right. And so finally, and this is, this is again, this is, this is the personal one, brothers and sisters. So, you know, the reason why I'm even doing this message, because the Lord reminded me of this passage of scripture that he made, uh, it, it just went from Logos to Rhema. Okay. It went from the written word to a living word in my life. And so I'm, I'm going to give you the reference and then I'm going to tell you just a brief testimony. So this is uh, Psalm 121 verses 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And the psalmist asks a question. Where does my help come from? And that's kind of how we started like this message. Like where, where is, is there any source in the universe that is a reliable source for true help. Where, where, who, right? So the question is, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So brothers and sisters, when this pa passage of scripture, and it's, you know, as long as God keeps my brain active, I will remember this to the day that I die, because it was such a powerful visitation from the Lord to my tormented soul. So this is the period of life where God is calling me away from Hollywood, from being an actor, and he's calling me into full-time ministry, and it's a huge struggle, brothers and sisters, and uh, you know, God had blessed me, he had wooed me, he had favored me, he had miraculously intervened in my life, and he is, he, he is making it known, like, I'm not calling you to be an actor, I'm calling you to be a preacher of my word, right? And unfortunately, I was a very stubborn and disobedient son, um, and I resisted the call because I wanted what I wanted to do. And I really wasn't getting the part that Jesus Christ was Lord. Like, he was certainly my Savior. Um, but pretty much, I, I remained the Lord of my life. And the, the Father had a contention with that in me. And so the walls just start, you know, coming in on me. Right? And everything I'm trying to do uh, is falling apart. You know, and uh, God is resisting me, right? He's, he's just totally resisting me. 
and uh, and I, I just remember I was in Thousand Oaks, California. I was at a friend's house, and I was uh, lying down in the bed, and I am, I'm literally like flailing about. I am. I am in such desperation, right? I'm like, I'm not just desperation in my mind and in my soul. Like I am, my body is flailing. I mean, that's how intense the desperation. And I am literally screaming from the top of my lungs. Help me, help me. And I am just crying out to Heavenly Father, help me. And of course, I, you know, I want him to rescue my career. I, I definitely don't want to go into the ministry. And so again, there's like this cry for help. Like, am I crying for the help that I want or am I crying for the help that I need? Well, at that point, it didn't matter, right? I'm just, I'm just crying out for Heavenly Father to help me. And I was flailing around, honestly, so bad that I fell off the bed, and when I fell off the bed, I was between the bed and the wall, and it was just a little space, and the Bible fell off the nightstand, and and it was just one of those things, right? And so here the Bible, I fall off the bed, the Bible falls with me, and it opens up to guess where? You got it. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. From whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And all I can tell you, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit just took that word. And it, all I can describe, it was like, I, I didn't see Jesus or anything like that. But it just, it was like the Lord was in this room. And he was personally letting me know. Son, I know you need help, but I'm it. I'm your help. Not acting, not your career, not Hollywood, not your goals, not your dreams. That ain't going to help you. I am your help. And what's interesting, when you go through the rest of that Psalms, it's like he's going to continue to be our help forever. And if brothers and sisters, if you know anything about my life and testimony and ministry, you know we have been through some hard, difficult, and dark days. But I am telling you, through it all, God has remained true to his promise. He has remained our helper. And through him, we have overcome. Amen? And so... You know, this whole idea of whence cometh our help, I got to tell you, that became very real and very up close and personal in my life. And so as you go through the scriptures and you see the Ezer of the Lord, the help of the Lord, right, uh, throughout the Old Testament, we also see how this continues uh, in the New Testament, and it's very clear in the New Testament that Jesus Christ was sent to help his people. If you remember in Luke chapter 1 and Mary's Magnificat, 
uh, she declares a lot of things, and they're very glorious, and you, you probably should take some time to look at what she is expressing at the thought, right, and the reality that's growing in her womb is the Savior of mankind and the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? And she just declares that how he is coming into this earth and all the glorious things that are going to be accomplished. You know, rights are, wrongs are going to be righted. Where there's injustice, there'll be justice, right? Where uh, the rich will be empty, emptied away, the poor will be lifted up, right? I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is the game changer, right? The, the Messiah, the promised one has come, right? And then she declares towards the end of it, he has helped his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy. And so we have to understand that Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, is the one bringing the needed help in the New Testament. I mean, he is the heavenly agent establishing God's help in the earth. And so here, Mother Mary, she's making this declaration literally as Christ is being formed in her womb. And I just think that's absolutely astounding, brothers and sisters. So throughout the scriptures, God has promised to help his people, to be the Azar of his people. He was faithful to that throughout the Old Testament. And now coming into the New Covenant, the New Testament, we actually meet the person who is bringing this much needed help. And it's none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so later on, of course, as the Lord is continuing his ministry here on earth, you know, healing the sick, casting out demons, you know, performing miracles, you know, uh, teaching and preaching on the gospel of the kingdom with signs and wonders following. And as he is preparing, brothers and sisters, for his departure, right, where he's going back to the Father, but first he has to pass through, you know, uh, Gethsemane. He, he had to go through that travail of his soul, right? And then he has to, of course, submit his body, uh, to incredible agony and torture on the cross. And then, of course, three days later, rise from the dead. And so as he is preparing to meet that incredible challenge, and, and even ask the Father, if, he, if you could take the cup away from me, by all means, let's do it, Father. But nonetheless, your will be done and not mine. And thank God he said that, saints. I'm just telling you right now, uh, that, that was a big test that he passed on our behalf. And I just thank the Lord uh, for going through all that sorrow and pain and suffering. Amen. To save a wretch like me. Right. And so as he's preparing to pay the sin debt and satisfy God's justice and his peace, his wrath toward us and our helpless estate. You know, the Lord is preparing the disciples for his departure. Right. And, and what does he do? Well, he promises to send another helper, another comforter, because we got to understand this, brothers and sisters, the same powers of darkness that went after the Lord to crucify him. Right. 
both spiritual and human, was awaiting the fledgling church, the disciples, right? He, he knew that he was, they were going to face the same challenges, the same powers of darkness. So what do they need? They need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. They need help from heaven. And so God says, if I go, Jesus said, if I go, I'm going to send you another helper, another comfort, this paraclete who's going to come alongside uh, to help us. Amen? Well, you know, who is this helper? Who is this comforter? Who is this paraclete? Well, it's none other than the precious and powerful third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, or if you want to, another term, the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit that that the Father and the Son was going to send the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be in us, to lead us, to guide us, right? And so, you know, and I got to tell you, I, I've been in ministry for over 40 years, and I could tell you overall, the church, you know, we're pretty strong on the theology of God the Father. We're pretty strong on the theology of God the Son, but honestly, we're a little squeamish when it comes to God the Holy Spirit. And, and, and for some reason, for, there are some reasons for that, and some of them are legitimate because of what some people in the church have done uh, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Um, a lot of wonky stuff, a lot of spooky spiritual stuff, you know, a lot of things that violate the scripture and they're saying it was the Holy Spirit. Um, that's a lie because any manifestation of the Holy Spirit, any gift of the Holy Spirit will never, ever be contrary to scripture. Okay, so we, we better understand that. So there's been a lot of abuse, a lot of error done in the name of the Holy Spirit. And I get that, brothers and sisters. But God forbid we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. If there's a counterfeit, if there's weird, weirdness, it lets you know there's an original. Right? There's an original. Right? And we should be seeking those things. That's what the Bible tells us. Right? We should be seeking, coveting these things. Amen? And so, he, here's the reality. You know, where's God the Father? Well, he's in heaven. Well, and who is sitting at his right hand? Our Lord Jesus Christ. And what is he doing there? Well, he's waiting to henceforth till all his enemies are made his footstool. So, of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who is the person who is actually with us in this earth who is in us well it's the holy spirit all right and you got to remember you know jesus promised on that great day of the feast remember he's at the great day of the feast and he's crying out crying out all right talking about this cry for help right jesus is crying out at this feast probably made a big scene right He's crying out and says, whoever believes in me out of his belly shall flow rivers 
of living water. Now, it's interesting because he makes this pronouncement, but John, the writer, says, well, that was yet to come because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified, in other words, through his crucifixion and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit was not yet sent. But once he's crucified, once he is resurrected, and he does keep his promise and send the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Well, I got to ask you, brothers and sisters, is that a reality in your life? Think about it. Is that what's going on in your life? Could you honestly say, man, you know, my belly is just full of the Holy Ghost and it's just flowing. It's just going, transforming things everywhere I go, right? Well, if not, why not? So here's the thing, brothers and sisters. Jesus did promise these things and that there would be certain fruits and evidences that the helper, the Holy Spirit, has come to us. One of them, yes, out of our bellies should flow rivers of living water. And he said when he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he's going to abide with us, listen, forever. Isn't that interesting? Like even after we die and go to heaven, who's the one that's abiding in us forever? The Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I know this may be a strange question, but do you know him? Like, you may have good theology and good doctrine, and you may have, you know, powerful teachings on God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but do you actually know the Holy Spirit? Think about that. It's something we probably need to be aware of because again he's the one that's living inside of us okay we are the temple of the holy spirit and remember he is our helper he is the one that god has sent from whence cometh our help well in the new testament it is clear the one god who sent after christ was glorified is the Holy Spirit. He is our helper, and he's going to abide with us forever. He's going to teach us all things. Teach us all things. Bring to our remembrance all things that Jesus had said to us in his word. He's going to show us things to come, and he will always testify of Jesus. Now, besides that, we know the Holy Spirit was sent to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And here's the thing, brothers and sisters, and I'm really contemplating this as a church, right? As we're starting the American Reformation Church, one of the things we are doing, we are, we are in desperation. We're crying out to God in prayer and intercession because we want people to encounter the living God. We want people to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, why is that so important? Because that's the one, he is the one who transforms and regenerates people who exist, but they are dead 
and their trespasses and sins. So brothers and sisters, whence cometh our help? Well, well, it definitely comes from the Lord, it comes from the scriptures, right? Um, it comes throughout the Old Testament, it comes throughout the New Testament, and the person that helps us the most in these days is the precious Holy Spirit. And we are to seek Him, we are to be filled with Him, we're to be led by Him, right? Um, that's so critically important if our walk with Lord, the Lord is going to be a healthy walk. Amen? Critically important. Well, there's an old saying, right? Hurt people hurt people. But this is also true, brothers and sisters. Those people who help are helped by God, they can help others. So hurt people hurt people. Those that are helped by God, they are in a position to help others. Jesus, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So, brothers and sisters, whence cometh our help? It comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. So, brothers and sisters, I pray that this episode blesses you. I pray it encourages you. I pray it inspires you. I, I pray it will, like, start a fire in your soul, right? To, to walk in the Spirit, right? That's what Scripture says. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh, right? God wants you to be spiritually minded. That leads to life and peace. Because if we're carnally minded, that leads to death. Amen? And so, brothers and sisters, I, I pray that if you're in a tough spot, in a bad situation, um, you're hurting right now, um, you may be in quiet desperation, what does the Bible say? Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the heavens right from whence cometh my help it comes from the lord amen and i do pray uh, the lord will visit you i do pray like he did for me back in that 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 room in thousand oaks california years ago where he personally came to me and just breathed life into that scripture and made it so relevant to my soul and I got to tell you, brothers and sisters, he has kept his word. He has been my helper through it all. And I pray he helps you this day in Jesus' name. So that's it for now. As usual, I encourage you to keep pressing on to that high call and prize. Until next time, God bless you, saints.